Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erie Oki, and I'm here tonight with a very special guest, um, back by popular demand. <laughs> You're trying to keep yourself from laughing. So I'm here with my mom, Larissa Vinge, um, and mom got a really glowing review on Apple Podcasts a few weeks ago. Um, someone called her a gem and wanted demanded more of Marnie's mom, so she's back. So... What Here do you say? I am. Yeah, what do you say, Jim? Um, I'll try to live up to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so that day that she got that review, she was like, she screenshotted it and sent it to me. And you were like, oh, my God, I'm a gem. And then the rest of the day, everything was, I'm a gem. I'm a gem. It was really cute. Well, you know, sometimes I... I'm not sure that Marnie is giving me all the credit that I should have. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably accurate. Because so you know, I just wanted to remind her. <laughs> you know, when you live with somebody, like, they're the person that you take out the brunt of your frustrations on. And, you know, like, we both do it. Don't it's look at me true. like that. Yeah, it's, it's so true. true. Yeah. So, um, so there was not an episode last week because this has been like the busiest spooky season of my entire life. Um, and I think that part of that can be attributed to the podcast, like just because I've been doing other podcasts a whole lot, like I've been a guest on several now. Um, and I wanted to mention a couple of those because they came out this week. One of them comes out today, later in the day, because this will go live at 5 a.m. But um, which I don't know why I chose that arbitrary time, but there are people who listen at 5 a.m., which I'm so grateful to them. I think that's so cool. Um, but uh, so one of them was when I just recorded tonight, which was Localites OKC. That's L-O-C-A-L-I-T-E-S OKC. And if you guys want a rundown of like all the cool, spooky stuff that you can do tonight, um, they've got it. They've got all the stuff, all the events for the weekend that include like the Day of the Dead stuff and all of that, they kind of cover local events, and I was a guest on their show, so that's out today if you want to hear me tell some stories about Halloween and hear their stories about Halloween. It was super fun. Anna and Kayla are a lot of fun, so I really enjoyed doing that. And then the other one that I did a few weeks ago that went live yesterday when this this podcast airs is um, Charles Gossett's show, Live Your Purpose podcast, um, and... I like if you thought I was like getting into some deep real territory when I was talking about mental illness with Jay, it's even it's even deeper and more real on Charles's podcast. We get into some stuff about trauma and um, PTSD and like 
all of that. And I talk about how like my creative endeavors kind of helped me pull out of all of that. And so it was a really, it was a really good experience. I was very exhausted after we did that because it was a very deep conversation. But, um, so that was, that was super cool. And I've been super, super busy, but anyway, so we're here today to talk about, like do a general episode on Halloween and she's very excited about this. You might be able to hear Oscar in the background. Um, he's keeping us company tonight. Uh, he's really excited because the rug is back in here. But um, so anyway, holidays. What's your favorite holiday? I think my favorite holiday is the 4th of July. Yeah. I like it because it's it's just, it, it's it doesn't have a lot of the expectations that go with the other holidays. Yeah, especially the fall holidays. Yes. It and it's simple and fun. Usually, you know, uh usually a lot of gatherings where you get to, you know, you're together with family or friends mm-hmm. and celebrating the country that we live in, which we all know isn't perfect, but the very fact that I can say this country isn't perfect is a very special freedom. That's a good thing. And I really love the 4th of July. It's just, you know, I have a lot of good memories of mm-hmm. uh, picnics. Downtown. Downtown. KFC picnics. KFC picnics downtown, we yes. Would, when I was a kid, we would run through the KFC drive through and we would all go downtown in my grandparents' Suburban and find a place. This was back before... Before some of the stuff that's there now, I think there's like a parking lot there in that triangle of grass outside of the, is it the Journal Record building? Uh, it, oh, gosh. I can't think. I think there's I a YMCA was, there now or something, or maybe it's the YMCA building. I don't know. Whatever. It's there like at 5th and Broadway. Yeah. And we used to go to that triangle of grass and like, um, we would actually park. Wouldn't we park in the building with the colored elevators? No, we parked right there on the street, right beside where we were But didn't we, we park there at some point? Like, wasn't there a... Oh, yes, yeah. there was one year yeah, we did. so we were in the vampire we, building. Oh, I'd forgotten And we didn't see that. any vampires, unfortunately. Maybe well, we did, we just you know, didn't know it. I wasn't really tuned in. We were looking and, for vampires. Yeah. yeah. So, 4th of July, I love the 4th of July, too. My two favorite holidays are the 4th of July and Halloween. Um, Same reason as you, 4th of July is very low pressure for us. Um, And also, we have a very special tradition on the 4th of July, and that is watching Jaws. Which a lot of people don't remember that that is a 4th of July movie. I I think they don't. You know, it's set at the 4th of July, but that's... Not what people remember about it, but it makes it a perfect tradition for us. We try to always watch it. I, I don't have headphones on right now, and I wonder if they can hear Oscar, like, licking his paws. Yeah, well. Probably, yeah. <laughs> like, there's your gross-out noise for Halloween. <laughs> like, my dog licking his paws. So, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, 4th of July and Halloween. Halloween has always been one of my favorites, um... Yeah, it's it's a good one. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, I don't know if we've ever talked about your favorite, like, memories of Halloween from when you were a kid. You know, there was one particular Halloween. And I was probably about eight. And I got to have a costume that, back then the costumes came in these it would be a cardboard box and have a cellophane top. They were, 
I don't know, probably 8 by 12, something like that, maybe a little bit bigger. And you could see through the cellophane to see the thing that would be laying on top would be the mask. Mm. You wore these masks that had these little holes cut They're out creepy. for eyes. They were kind of creepy, but the worst thing about them was you really couldn't see or breathe very well. <laughs> Weren't they really hot, too? Didn't you oh, tell me that one time? So, they were so hot. Yeah. But I was so excited because here was this they were an acetate material yeah. you know and and it was i chose cinderella <laughs> yeah did it have a mask with cinderella yes really yes. that's and interesting it was just oh yeah oh yeah every costume the masks were not just scary masks back then mm. i mean whatever the costume was if you were even if it was like a fireman or something like that, it would just be a face, you know, mm-hmm. with the, the hat would yeah. be, you know, part of the thing. And and like the Cinderella was just a girl's face with, you know, the hair and the little crown and, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I just thought it was just the most beautiful costume <laughs> in the entire world. And I got to wear that and I went trick-or-treating with my cousins regina and jeff Mm -hmm. and we went to my aunt and uncle's house wanda and sherman's house okay and at that time wanda and sherman didn't have any children yet but they they went all out at halloween back in those days people gave homemade treats a lot of times and wanda would make the caramel popcorn balls Oh, my gosh. And hand those out. Wow. Yeah, and and they always, Wanda and Sherman would both dress up. Really? You know, for the kids to come to the door and everything. It was always wonderful because you knew that they were going to be dressed up and you knew that they were going to have wonderful treats. They had, yeah, yeah, and they'd go all out. Yeah. That was probably my my most memorable Halloween as a child. One detail about Sherman that I want to talk about, like, to give you an idea of how all out they went at the holidays Sherman won the More Lights contest, like, always. Well, maybe not always, but a whole lot. A whole lot. They won the Christmas light contest because Sherman was, like, dedicated to making their house amazing at Christmas. We would always drive by just to see what was new and what, you know, what kind of stuff they had done. And he he would often dress up as Santa and be out there handing out candy to the children. Yeah, he was he was a yeah. great guy. And they'd have music going on, and you know there would be cars lined up to come down the street. Yes. It was a yeah. lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So, um, from my childhood, one of the things I talked about on Localites, which you guys can hear it if you want to, is I talked about the kangaroo costume. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kayla asked me, she was like, so is your mom a seamstress? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you guys could see this kangaroo. Okay, so back up. Okay, so so at that point in time, Dad was traveling a whole lot. And I don't remember if he was gone at the time, but this is why I picked a kangaroo was because he'd been to Australia. <gasps> oh, 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 yes. So I don't know if he was there or not, but it had to do with him being in Australia was why I wanted to be a kangaroo. Now, this was like 1996, 1997. So like we couldn't log on to com and buy a kangaroo costume. There was no Amazon. Right. I couldn't shop in my pajamas and order a kangaroo costume yes. for her. And she had her heart set on... A kangaroo. Which, and, okay, so let's talk for a second about how weird that is. Yeah. 
So this, and bless my mom's heart, she never made me feel weird about wanting to be a kangaroo. But when you think about that, like what kid is wants to be a kangaroo for Halloween? That's so weird. But anyway, oh. I wanted to be a kangaroo real bad. Well, you know, as she mentioned, I'm not a seamstress. No, I'm not a seamstress. <laughs> I could barely hem a pair of pants. So no, anyway. you, you do a really good job of that. But well, this, this kangaroo costume in my 10 or 11 year old mind was flawless. Like I thought it was the bee's knees. I thought I was the best. Okay. I thought I was the best looking kangaroo in our neighborhood. And you know what? I was because there weren't any other kangaroos in that neighborhood that night. Well, Marnie, that is so, it's really gratifying to know that you felt like it was so flawless. But let me tell you people, I had no pattern. Yeah, because where are you going to get a kangaroo pattern? I had very little. I mean, I I had a little bit of sewing experience, but let me tell you, nothing to construct a kangaroo costume. And it had a pouch, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, and yeah, and a tail, and, and a tail. Yeah, and it had a separate hood. It did. You did a really good job. Like it made me so happy to be a kangaroo that year. Like it was, it was the best. And one of my other favorite, um, and it may have been the same year, but um, I remember Sandy and Amanda and Natasha. The Amanda was a girl that I did gymnastics with, and she lives um, elsewhere now. But uh, she and I, we had a lot of fun together. Natasha is her little sister. And um, we had a lot of fun post-Halloween with the kangaroo outfit. Yes. Yeah. Marnie had We would still dress up in it. uh, The most popular toy item that Marnie had at our house. She had a little, you know, it was a little cardboard chest. Yeah. And... It was her dress-up box, and she had, you know, I think every Halloween costume went yeah. into it. You know, there were mm. the capes from <laughs> Super. There were some feather boas and yeah, stuff. And, just yeah, this, that, and the other. And the kangaroo costume went in there, too. was hands down the favorite when people oh, came over. Oh, my gosh. People loved that it. That and the doctor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We, um, somehow that evolved into this game where... There was a vet. <laughs> yeah, it was like one of us would be like the crazy doctor. One of us would be the kangaroo and one of us would be like a gymnast with a broken leg or something. Like it was just so it was so funny. Oh. Um, but good memories. Um, and I think that that whole time, like the next thing I wanted to talk about was scary stories. And the first like I remember being a kid and reading Benicula. Which is, if you guys don't know what Benicula is, it's wonderful. It's this, it's a chapter book, and it's about a vampire bunny rabbit that, like, sucks the blood out of carrots and other... And celery. And celery. Like, there's a book in the series called The Celery Stalks at Midnight, which I think is so cute. But anyway, I was obsessed with that, and I was also obsessed with Mary the Vampire Cat from the Hank the Cowdog series, which, um, I don't know if you know this, but the guy who was the illustrator recently died. Yeah. I did not know. I can't that. think of his name, but um, yeah, he recently passed away. John Erickson. No, that was the author. That was the author. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, I was obsessed with those, and then later in high school, I was obsessed with Anne Rice and Stephen King, and most recently, I have become really—I've gotten really into Clive Barker, 
which if you're a horror movie fan, you already know who he is because he did like Hellraiser and which I have not seen because I haven't seen any Halloween movies apparently in my entire life. But um, so anyway, I wanted to talk about scary stories because there are a couple that come to mind. What is the scariest novel you've ever read? Well, I've always liked scary stories, even mm-hmm. even as a child. And some of the earliest scary things that I read, probably one that just scared me to death was Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart, which is mm-hmm. only a short story. But yeah. the idea that this, this, in the story, in case you're not familiar, in the story, this person murders this man and to uh, get rid of the body he cuts it up into pieces and puts it under the floorboard of his Mm -hmm. house and then he begins to imagine that he can hear the heart beating well i mean imagine that's up to you whether he's imagining it or what Mm. but it just oh as as a you know I don't know. I probably wasn't even a teenager yet, you know, and it just really (laughs) scared me to death. That was probably my first introduction to an actual scary story, like not uh, geared towards children. Um, I can remember going to the book fairs and buying these little, like, single editions. They were really small books, and they were Edgar Allan Poe stories. And I got The Monkey's Paw, The Black Cat, oh, the Monkey's, m- Paw. Monkey's Paw. Yeah, that's a creepy one. That's a <laughs> yes, creepy one. Is. Yeah. You tell about that one. <laughs> um, I can't remember exactly what happens in it, but isn't it has to do with making a wish, doesn't it? Yes. With The Monkey's Paw and, oh, like, wow. and everything goes to hell from there. Like, it always yeah. does in a scary story. Um, what about novels, though? Um... I would say Do McKee by Stephen King was really scary. It's very scary. And have you read Lucy's story? I have not because you made it sound so scary. I was not sure that I, you know, it wasn't something I wanted to pick up and read at night for sure. And after you couldn't look in the mirror, I wasn't sure if I wanted to read it at all. But I do have it on the, you know, the extremely long to be read list. Yeah. So so I think the scariest novel I've ever read was Lisey's story. Just because there is this, um, so Lisey's story is by Stephen King, and it's basically about um, a woman whose husband was a famous writer, and he dies. And he also had, before he died, he had this condition where he would go into a catatonic state um, and just kind of like sit there and stare off into nothingness, and she couldn't really get him out of it. And while he's in that catatonic state, he's actually somewhere else, and like... Anyway, so, like, there's this phrase in the novel that keeps being used over and over and over again about this monster that he sees when he's in that other place. And his name is Scott, and the monster is called Scott's Long Boy. And I, like, that terrified me. Like, there's something about the way that Stephen King, like, comes up with these very character-specific, like, ways that a person would think about something. It, It just, it terrified me. And... Also, in the novel, there's something to do with looking in a mirror at night or looking into a glass of water, any reflective surface in the night, you might catch a glimpse of the long boy. And that 
<laughs> freaked me out so bad that I could not look in the mirror or in at water bottles or a glass of water at night for like a year. I think Stephen King, I think his books, I mean, typically... Most readers are going to say, well, the book was so much better than the movie. Mm -hmm. But in Stephen King's case, Stephen King has a real gift for scaring you so, yeah. so badly in his books. I mean, he just, he can come across with that scary, eerie, mm -hmm. otherworldly, whatever is going on. He, he can make the imagery that he creates yeah. just... I just don't think they can duplicate that in the movies as really well as hard. what is yeah. what is what it is in the books. And that was kind of I know this is probably gonna sound funny, but one of the scenes from Doom McKee was when the main character Edgar Freemantle. What yes, was staying in this house and it had a it was up on I think I know what you're going to say. You know, it was it was raised. It was a beach house, and so it was up on pylons, kind mm -hmm. of. And it 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 he could hear the water come under the house as the tide would come in, and the waves would be coming in, and the shells would be in the water and hitting against the house and everything, which doesn't sound scary at all. But it was in the book. In the book, <laughs> that book is so good. That's such a good book. Uh, um, now. When it comes to not not strictly just horror, but one of the scariest books that I've read in I don't know in the last couple of years was um, oh <clears throat> it's by B. A. Paris. Oh my God! I know which one you're talking about. The one with the creepy husband and yes. the sister. Um, Oh, my gosh. Was it Behind Closed Doors? Behind Closed Doors. Yeah. And it's about this couple who, you know, they have that outward appearance of being the perfect couple. You know, he's this successful attorney and she's this perfect wife. And it takes a little bit for people to realize, why doesn't she ever answer the phone? Why doesn't she ever leave the house mm -hmm. without him? Why doesn't she, you know? Yeah. And... It is so dark and disturbing. It was it was very scary. Yeah. That's like um, real life kind of scary stuff. And yes. I want to come back to Which the... Which sometimes, to me, is scarier than the horror kind. Yeah. So, like, one thing I wanted to mention, um, which this does have to do with real life, I think... Okay, so I just read this Clive Barker, Clive Barker novel called Cold Heart Canyon, and it's... Basically, an old Hollywood ghost story, um, and it's kind of like old Hollywood mixed with, like, 90s Hollywood and this ghost story that permeates throughout the century and stuff. And um, anyway, there is a character in it, the woman that's from, like, the golden age of Hollywood named Kat Katia Lupi, and she is Romanian, and she... Um, anyway, her whole thing in Cold Heart Canyon, and they call it that because she's such a cold-hearted bitch... Like, and her house is the only one in the canyon. And her rule at Cold Heart Canyon is, like, anything goes. Like, they have these wild parties, anything goes. And when I say anything goes, she means anything goes. And, like, so some of the stuff that happens in that novel is horrifying. Like, horrifying. Um, and I think that's what the part of it that was just really, like, 
really, really scary, like, to think, you know, because it's about all these really rich and powerful people in Hollywood and just getting to do whatever they want. And anyway, it's a really good story anyway. And also, Clive Barker has experience in Hollywood, like, from making movies and being a writer and being a producer and stuff. And um, I think that that comes through in the character of Todd Pickett. And it relates so much to the current environment. Mm-hmm. And the things that have come out of Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely deals with a lot of that. But anyway, so we're uh, we we're just talking about real-life scary stories. So this is a story that you told me when I was a little bit younger. Not, like, so young that it would have scared me and made me paranoid or anything. But um, tell the story about the time that you had this... Were you having a sleepover? Well, I just had one... Okay. A, a girlfriend over. She was... I mean, so I guess that was a sleepover. But, I mean, it wasn't like a... a Party. A slumber party or anything. Yeah. There were just the two of us. And, you know, of course, we had stayed up later than my parents, you know, and whatever. And anyway, you know, we're finally trying to settle down and go to sleep. And, and you know, we, we could hear noises at the window. And, you know, we thought... What is that, you know? And, of course, you know, two young girls were scared. Tra- I mean, we're not trying to scare each other, but we were doing a very good job of it. <laughs> anyway, and, you know, we... And this was when you, like, made Sarah watch a lot of Alfred Hitchcock oh, Presents, right? Yes, my dear, dear friend Sarah, who does not like scary stories at all, and I always have. Yes, I wasn't a very nice person. I would make her watch Alfred Hitchcock and yeah. all those scary shows with me. Sarah, I'm sorry. But anyway, we <clears throat> we obviously, you know, it was like, well, look out there and see what it is. I don't want to look. You look. You look. Go over there and look. Well, you know, we were scared enough that it was one of those things where, you know, it's kind of like, I'm too scared to look, but I'm not going to sleep if I don't look, you know. Mm -hmm. So anyway, finally, I get up and peek out the window, don't see a thing. Anyway, so we finally drift off to sleep or whatever and Anyway, the next morning when we're having breakfast with my parents and we tell them, you know, what happened and everything, you know, they have that look that, you know, as parents, you often do have that look like, sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my dad went out and checked and someone had cut the screen on the window outside my bedroom. Oh, God. That's so creepy. So maybe it's a good thing I did look. I don't know. Yeah, that <laughs> I'm is. I'm just glad that, <laughs> that they went a, away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember one time speaking of like real life scary stories. So growing up when I was like little, my best friend uh, was a little boy named Nathan. And one time, like we, we had had it drilled into us at school and at home, you know, stranger danger, this was the era of dare and all of that stuff. And like, you know, if, if like we knew that people drove up in vans and told you, you could see their puppies and stuff like that. We knew about all of that. But one day we were, um, I went to Northmore elementary and the way that the playground was laid out, you, um, the playground went right up to the street 
that the school was on and there was this big tree that we had like really creatively named the big tree (laughs) and we would go play by the big tree because it was like the furthest you could get from the adults without leaving the playground and so that was like where we would go play so that you know, I don't know what we thought that they were going to catch us doing because we weren't doing anything. But anyway, so he and I were either playing basketball on the pad right there beside the big tree. And maybe like the ball went down towards the creek. And so we both went to get it. And as the two of us were by ourselves, we walked down there. It's recess. Like there is recess going on. So there are kids on other parts of the playground. And this guy rolls up in a van And I can't remember if he asked us if we wanted to see his puppy or if we wanted some candy or what it was. But Nathan started telling him what a creep he was. And we were like, we were both yelling at him, like telling him, like, you're a creep, like, go away, you know, whatever. And we ran up to the school and we got... Yelling stranger danger. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So we, I mean, we did exactly what you're supposed to do. We were like, we're not falling for this. It's not funny. I shouldn't laugh. I mean, it it could have been a bad situation, but I thought he was asking... He was acting like he was asking for directions. I can't remember what he was asking. But whatever it was, it was creepy. Whatever it was, he didn't it was need to be talking to, to kids. his kids, yeah. like, you know. And yeah. If you're really anyway. lost, go up to the office and ask them for directions. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was... But that they had was, listened to all of those things that oh, you yeah, told. Yeah. And we, so we harassed him a little bit and then ran <laughs> up to the school. I, I'm not sure there's anything in those... Those the advice or the instructions that you're given that says harass them first. Yeah, harass them first. Make sure that they know who's in charge. Like, yeah, that's basically what we did, (laughs) Um, which was probably a bad move on our part. But we escaped unscathed. And um, he I I don't remember exactly what happened with all that. But yeah, so that that was a thing. And I've always been fascinated with, like, the true scary stories a lot. I mean, obviously, like, we talk about true crime on this podcast. But Whitney and I, a couple summers ago, um, got really into listening to scary stories that had been compiled onto YouTube from the Reddit forums. So there are several, like, subreddits that supposedly are true scary stories. Like, there's one that's called Reddit or R Let's Not Meet. And basically, it's like creepy encounters that people have, which of all of the scary story reddits, that's the one I believe the most that it's actually true, because usually it's like pretty just creepy things like that strangers will say or do or like stuff like that. Um, But we we used to listen to a lot of those and we listened to a lot of skinwalker stories. So like one night we had I think this was the night that we were coming home from um off the rails we had gone to see we had gone specifically to off the rails to see eric church and he was the headliner on sunday so he like played at the end of sunday night and so we were not coming home from frisco texas until you know close to midnight and um so we got on the road we are headed back and this may not have been that trip but one of these trips we um we get almost to Winniewood and we realize we're almost out of gas and it's the middle of the night and we've been listening to skinwalker stories so I don't know if you're familiar with like the traditional skinwalker story that pops up on reddit but basically every single one of them 
contains an element of a skinwalker running alongside your car on the highway, like keeping pace with it. So we have to get off the highway at Winniewood. We turn off the radio or the stereo and we, we exit the highway. We get to this little gas station that I swear to God is the scariest gas station I've ever seen in my life. Nothing to do with the fact that we've just been listening to scary stories. This gas station is just hands down by itself. If I had been listening to gospel music all the way there, still would have been just as scared. Like this, this may be even more scared if, with the gospel music, but I don't know. But um, so it's like, I think there was like one light and it's dark inside, but the pumps are working. Like no one's there, but the pumps are working. And so we fill up. I basically like watch Whitney's back while she fills up the gas tank and then we hop in that car and we get right back on the highway. You were able to pay at the pump. Yeah, we were. That's Thank really God. Good. Yeah. But it was um we were that that summer we were really really good at scaring ourselves. Like we would we would sit around the fire, or we'd sit or when we were driving home from Texas, we cuz we went to Texas a whole lot. Um we would listen to scary stories in the car and we got really good at at scaring ourselves. Um the other thing we would listen to a lot of stuff about was the dark web. Which I don't know if you've ever like if you guys out there in podcast land have ever read those stories, a lot of them ring kind of like BS. Like, you know, like some of them I think are real are BS. Some of them though, I have read over and over again that yes, this really happens on the dark web. This is a real thing, you know, that kind of thing, but it's very, it's spooky. So yeah, but the real life scary stories can be just as, just as scary. I think probably scarier yeah um there was this one time um so this is not this is not like a real life scary story but well i guess it is because when i was how old were we when we went to leadville how old was i probably like 19 20 yeah you were probably 20 yeah so we went with my grandpa to uh colorado to see his family and in this trip, somehow I found out there was a haunted hotel in Leadville, Colorado called the Delaware. And I got it in my head that, like, we needed to stay there and I was going to become, like, the next ghost hunter or something. And we did stay there. <laughs> and Well, we were on a road trip and it, it was a beautiful old, old hotel. Mm-hmm. Historic. And it was supposed to be haunted. And it's spooky, like... Every, the whole corridor on every floor is like lined with mirrors. Like there's a mirror after every door. It's kind of creepy. Um, so we get there and like, I know as soon as we step foot in this place that I have like gotten myself in over my head because I'm like, I'm already freaked out when we walk in and there are like dead animals everywhere. And you know, I, I'm like, I, you know, taxidermy. I don't mean like just like car- rotting carcasses or anything like that. But, um, so I, I know immediately, like it is like old West kind of stuff is what it looks like. It looks like a hotel from the old West like, the furniture is antique, everything. Looks like, like, it's a brass bed. Like, Doc and Wyatt could have come walking out and exactly. had a conversation. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, I mean, the atmosphere is right for ghostly activity. <laughs> and so we, like, it, nighttime comes and Mom is like, well, well, are we going to... There were, there were stories about certain ghosts that had been seen in the hotel. And there was a woman that walked the third floor we were staying on the second floor but there were lots of rooms 
just like Marnie said, there were lots and lots of mirrors, but there were lots of rooms also that were open that were just full of antiques. They, and dead animals. They had a, a more of a storage feel to them, mm -hmm. but they were open, and there were lots of them. You know, you'd walk yeah. along the hall, and there'd be another room full of furniture, and there'd be another room and full of furniture. And, well, whatever. Large, <laughs> large specimen taxidermy, too, if I remember correctly. But... Anyway, so we, she, it, nighttime comes and she's like, well, come on. Like, don't you want to go look around? I said, let's go upstairs. Yeah. And I'm like, cause she and I shared a room and then my grandparents shared a room. And then my aunt and uncle shared a room. So like they had all gone to bed and she's like gung ho to go investigate this place. And I'm like sitting on the bed and I remember looking at you and just being like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> and I didn't. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. We did for a little we bit. We did, and I clung to you like a child, <laughs> yes. and you wanted to go into one of the storage rooms because you realized there was a vending machine in there, and you were going to get us, like, Dr. Peppers or something, and I was like, no, 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 don't go in there. Like, no, 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 and I was terrified. I was, I, like, I I would be useless in a horror movie. Like, I would, it's like, um, Laura and I joke about that, like, I'm not a final girl. Like, neither of us are final girls, <laughs> so... Well, I, I really was disappointed. We didn't even get to go up to the third floor and see if the lady no. was up there walking around. No, but. no I'm, uh, I was so, so scared. So <laughs> fake haunted houses, though, used to scare me really, really bad. Like, like haunted attractions where you go and you pay for someone to jump out and scare you. Yes, I think, I think Marnie was probably the reason that... Oh, when she, she, she was probably, I don't know, 12 or 13, maybe. And we went with some friends of ours to a haunted corn maze. And it was set up outside of their church. And we walked, we walked around oh and, God. you know, there were people jumping out at you, you know. I mean, you know, you all know the haunted trail kind of stuff, whatever. Anyway... <laughs> Somebody reached, this guy reached out from under, you know, like those corn stalks. Okay, a haystack. Yeah. Corn, She's rolling corn her stalks, eyes at me. whatever, were there for decoration. And then this person reaches out and touches Marnie's ankle. Grabbed my ankle. And whoop, she bops him on the head. <laughs> I don't know if bop is the correct word because... They didn't have a haunted trail. They didn't the have a haunted year. trail the next year, and we were just sure it was her fault. <laughs> yeah. So I was not. I and then when I was a little bit older, like Dustin wanted to go to the black hole down at Thunderbird, and so I was like, "Oh yeah, we can do this." And then we get there, and I have to like stay in the van because I'm terrified and don't want to go in. And she's a little bit older than he is. I'm ten years older than he is. I was like 25 <laughs> at the time. So anyway, I then when Andreas came. And Andreas is my cousin from Norway, for those of you who have not um, heard me talk about him before. Um, he came and stayed here for a couple weeks a few years ago, and he wanted desperately to go to a haunted house. And we went to a corn maze out at Hydro, and he found out while we were there that if we stayed until dark, it became a haunted corn maze. And I was really hoping that, like, 
he wouldn't find that out and that we wouldn't have to deal with that. <laughs> and so he like finds that out and I'm like, oh, well, we've got plans to like go to a football game tonight. So, you know, whatever, we're not doing that. And then the last day of his trip comes and his mom, Heidi, um, she came and spent the last week that he was here with us also. And Andreas was like begging me to take him to the sanctuary because it was September 30th and it was the first night they were going to be open for the season that year. And he starts telling me this, like, story about how, you know, there's nothing like this in Norway. And, like, you know, he's just, and Heidi's looking at me like, don't buy this. Like, don't, you don't have to do this. And she even tells me at one point, you don't have to do this. Like, you don't have to take him to a haunted house. Don't let him guilt you into this. Well, he guilted me into it. So I take him to the sanctuary and I'm, like, so nervous that I'm, like, sick. Like, I'm, like, this is going to suck. Like, I'm, like, this is literally... I do not want to be here. This is horrible. And so we go and I actually end up having fun. But it wasn't until this year that I finally got to a point where I'm like, no, this is actually fun. I really like doing this. I want to go to another one. Um, but yeah, so this year um, I've been to two. I went to the sanctuary again, which they moved it to the outlet mall. I don't know if you knew that. Um and then we went to the one off of Morgan Road. Um, and that one was, we waited in line like two and a half hours. The trail itself lasted 30 minutes. You are That's on that good. trail for like 30 minutes. It's really good. It was a really good one. That one was super fun. Have you ever been in a haunted house? I have. Really? The first time I was in a haunted house, I was, we had gone down for the OU. Oh, Texas wow, really? football game, and we were at the Texas State Fair, if you can mm -hmm. imagine. And you know how they have those, uh, they'll have like, uh, oh, fun houses and the mirror mazes and mm -hmm. stuff. They'll have them set up in those trailers that they take. Yeah. Well, they had a haunted house like that. And we were, uh, your dad, mm -hmm. your dad and I, we were with some friends, and the other girl wanted to go through it. The guys couldn't have cared less. No, no, they didn't want to, you know. And she really wanted to, so I said, okay, because I, you know, I was kind of like, yeah, right, whatever. This is going to be hokey or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, when we got inside, I hadn't counted on the fact that in that trailer, and it's probably that way in all haunted houses. I've been in other haunted houses, but I don't remember it being that narrow. But yeah. the, the hallways were so narrow, you know, and they'd reach out and whatever. Ugh. So so she had the laugh on me because I was kind of, I was pretty skeptical heading through there. But yeah, I got pretty scared. Yeah. <laughs> so the one that we went to um, on Morgan Road, um, they had an upgrade that you could do to your pass and it was called, I think, the Touch Pass. Basically, what they did was put a glow-in-the-dark vest on you, and that meant the actors could pick you up, carry you, drag you, any of the above. And the people who went through, there were three of us, and then this other group of three, I believe, got paired with us, and they had Touch Vests on. And it was really funny because it was two guys and one girl. And they were all like, oh, yeah, we'll go through first. We'll go through first. So they go through, like, the first section first, and then, like... I think one of the guys got picked up and carried or something. And then they get to the next section and he looks at the three of us <laughs> and he goes, ladies first and like wants us to go through before him. So it was pretty, it was, it was pretty cute. It was funny. Um, but that one, I thought that one was really, really good. 
That one's fun, but I would not get a touch pass. I don't want anybody touching me. Like, that's not... Well, do you remember going to Frontier City when you were Oh, when I was 18? When I was 18 and I made made Whitney um, hold my hand and my boyfriend at the time cover my eyes? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, but we went out there when you were a lot younger. We went out there with Sandy and the girls. And I didn't go through, did I? Yes, you did. I but did. You were crying and. <laughs> oh my god! I you don't know. remember that. That's awful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you weren't super young or anything. I don't mean that. So but, the moral you know. of the story is haunted houses can be an acquired taste. There you go. Apparently, like, they can. Yeah, they can be an acquired taste. <laughs> so anyway, um, I think that's all we've got for you guys today for Halloween. Oh wait, Mom has some fun facts for you about Halloween. Tell me, tell them the thing that you just told me about the bonfire. Oh, the word bonfire actually comes from bone fire because the Druid priests used to put cattle bones into the fires. That came from the um, the idea that Halloween actually comes from Samhain, which was a pagan holiday, mm-hmm. and they would have the bonfires to try and keep the evil spirits away. They felt like that was the night of the year that the... Veil was at its thinnest. The veil was at its thinnest between Mm. the world of the living and the dead. Yeah. Watch some Outlander. (laughs) You know that first episode of Outlander when they're talking about that? Yes. I'd forgotten about that. So, um, thank you so much for being on and talking about fun Halloween stuff with me. Um... Thank you for having me. It was really fun. I'm sure that your fans will appreciate it. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> they love you. They love you. You're a gem. So, um, anyway. I'm, um, I'm I w- not going to ever hear the end of that. I shouldn't have teased her about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, she won't. Um, so, due to all the craziness of Halloween and, like, how much stuff I'm trying to get done right now, um, and because NaNoWriMo starts on Friday... I wanted to put out a second episode for you guys this week, um, and there will be an update tonight about whatever happens at the um, El Reno Haunted Barn, which is where me and a few people are going to be tonight. Whitney's one of them. Um, there'll be some kind of update about that either Friday in the afternoon or um, it'll be attached to the week, the episode next week, possibly. Um, but things are really hectic right now, and I apologize for that. I'm trying to get this novel pushed out and that has been so much extra stuff that I did not anticipate and like it's been crazy but um speaking of the novel my first novel uh first full-length novel Gunshy which is a romance is going to be released on November 15th and you can get the pre-order of the ebook ebook right now for 99 cents it's going to go up a little bit um after that first week that it's available and I felt really, really famous because um, my name auto-populated on the Amazon search engine. When I typed in Marnie, Venge was one of the things, Marnie Venge was one of the things that came up. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that's super silly and ridiculous, but made me feel like at least someone's searching for it. So that's good. Um, anyway, the and there is a paperback coming. I'm dealing with some issues right now, getting that all sorted with Amazon. The file is ready. The cover is ready. 
all of that stuff is ready, but there is an error on Amazon's end that is taking some time right now. So if you're waiting for the paperback, just like follow my Marnie Venge page on Facebook and you'll get a notification about that as soon as it's ready. Um, and if you're still interested in being on the ARC team, which is the advanced reader copy people um, who get the book for free in exchange for a review, um, email me at Irioki podcast at gmail.com and I'll get back to you. Um, don't forget to check out Localites OKC today and the Live Your Purpose podcast with Charles Gossett and follow the podcast on Instagram at Irioki. The Facebook group, Facebook is the same and join the Facebook group, which is Irioki's. And thank you guys for being so awesome. Um, you're just the best listeners that any podcast could ask for. So stay spooky and have the best Halloween ever.